Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful day and a wonderful week so far. I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Hope that your dog stayed safe, that they stayed not too stressed, and I hope you were able to handle things appropriately. I want to talk this week about not distracting your dog from distractions. Now, a lot of times this gets very confusing for people on what we're talking about and what we mean in these situations. When we look at distractions, uh, we look at things that basically take your dog's attention away from what you would prefer, which is attention to you. Now, this distraction could be another dog, it could be a bird, it could be a rabbit, a person, anything that takes the dog's attention from you. We'll consider this a distraction. Now, we're not talking about triggers. When I talk about a trigger, I am talking about that it is triggering your dog into an emotion such as a fear. Whereas in a distraction, the way I communicate that is that a distraction is just something that takes your dog's attention away from you. And you run into a lot of distractions. It's very normal for dogs to have distractions. Um, And we talk about training around distractions and teaching your dog to not be uh, distracted by distractions. So we are not going to be talking about trigger work today. We're not talking about if your dog is fearful. We're not talking about, you know, if, if your dog is aggressive while on leash around other dogs. We're talking about simple distractions like people um, or other dogs that make your dog feel good, um, but it's just that your dog is excited and wants to go see them. That is what we're talking about today when it comes to distractions. Whenever I talk to clients, a lot of times they communicate that the way that they train their dog to get past distractions is that they simply distract their dog. So for an example, let's take the example of someone hiking with their dog. So if you're hiking with your dog and there are people that are coming in your direction and they want to pass and maybe they have a dog, maybe they don't, but your dog is really excited because they want to see them. And a lot of times what people do is they will step off of the path, they'll step off of the trail, and they will get their dog's attention and get their dog to focus on them, to try to keep eye contact. Sometimes they'll use a piece of food, sometimes they'll just use a command, but what they're doing is trying to keep their dog from even looking at the distraction. We call that management. At that point, you're trying to distract your dog 
from even looking at the distraction. Are you teaching anything in that moment? No. But you are managing, and sometimes that needs to happen. Sometimes we need to keep that attention and focus on us just to get through whatever scenario that may be. But overall, we really want to teach dogs how to act around these distractions so they no longer become a distraction. I always like to say that a distraction is really just something that's more rewarding than me. Uh, so if my dog, if they don't want to pay attention to me, then I have to ask why. Am I not being rewarding enough? Am I not giving clear communication? Am I not giving clear expectations? What am I not doing that is creating this issue of my dog not paying attention to me and wanting to pay attention to others? Now, if you have a dog who loves people and your dog gets more reward from strangers because you don't do a lot of good boy or good girl or you don't do a lot of treating, your dog is going to find that a reward from a stranger is going to be more because they're focused on them, they're petting on them, they're talking to them, uh, they may be giving them a treat. So what happens is that stranger becomes more rewarding than you. Therefore, in your mind, it is a distraction. The person is a distraction. In your dog's mind, it is the higher rate of reinforcement, meaning that that dog knows that the majority of the time it approaches a stranger, it's going to receive reinforcement. Whereas your rate of reinforcement may go down because you live with the dog. So how do we fix this? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to stop trying to distract our dog from even seeing distractions. You know, I've had people ask me, well, I don't even want my dog looking at a person when we're walking by or looking at another dog. And my question is, why not? Because what we can do is if we don't allow the dog to look at the dog and then receive rewards for doing the right thing, then we're not creating a good association. If we are taking the attention away from the dog and then rewarding the dog for not looking, then we're not really creating a good association with that dog. Now, it can turn into a new cue to look at you. There is a game to where you can teach a dog that looking at another dog and then looking back at you creates a reward. But we can't get that unless we allow the dog to even look at the distraction. So for me, I don't necessarily teach that method. I don't really teach a look at that and then look back at me to get a reward or that certain thing um, can basically cue you to look at me. So a dog being present is the cue to look at me to earn a reward. I would rather have a dog who can just look at another dog and show appropriate behavior towards that other dog and that can earn rewards. And so it's the same with people. You can look at the people, you can see the people, you can, you can deal with all of this, but I'm going to be the most rewarding thing. And that's your goal, is to teach dogs that you're the most rewarding thing, therefore there won't be as many distractions in your life. The less you reward your dog, the more distractions you will find that your dog has. So if your dog is highly distracted, ask yourself why. A lot of times it's because we're not rewarding enough. So how do we fix this? First thing is we need to make sure that we're very clear on the behavior that we expect. If I am going to be walking my dog down the road and I want to pass people, I have to ask myself, what do I want my dog doing when we pass people? Well, 
a lot of people will give me the answer of, well, I just don't want them pulling and lunging, or I want them ignoring them. Okay, but well, what does that look like? So for me, I want my dog to still walk nicely with me, acknowledge that there are people there, but then continue on on the walk that we are doing. So it's the dog, I want the dog to see that person passing me no different than passing a trash can on the road or passing a stick that's on the road because a stick can be a distraction. So it doesn't matter what the distraction is, my expectation will typically remain the same. Acknowledge it, notice it, leave it alone, alone, and let's move on. So it's not real difficult. So how do we get that behavior? Well, anytime you start working with distractions, you're going to want to start with distance. Distance is your best friend when it comes to any type of distraction. So if you have a distraction, let's say that there's a dog that is two houses down from where you live, and that dog is always distracting your dog. Well, you'd want to start in front of your house rewarding your dog for the appropriate behavior that you would like to see when approaching that house. Because I guarantee if your dog is distracted by that dog two houses down, as soon as you walk outside, your dog is already looking. So at that point, I'm going to stand. I'm going to do some stationary work where I am teaching the dog appropriate behavior uh, when that possibility is there. Lots of rewards, lots of praise. Maybe I'm playing some tug if my dog likes it. Maybe I'm just using uh, some kibble. Maybe they're yummy rewards. Maybe they have some favorite treats. Once a dog gets settled, I may ask for a couple of behaviors that my dog knows just to get that dog to tune in with me. Once I get the dog focused and tuned into me, then I can start decreasing my distance to the distraction, that house that is the second or two houses down, whatever that may look like in your neighborhood. Or this may apply somewhere else. But I will slowly start decreasing my distance. So if it's two houses down, I'm not going to go immediately two houses down. I will go to the next house, and maybe it's on the far side, closer to my home, and I will start working my dog there, and I will start getting good behavior there. Now, again, that might look like just as simple as standing with um, nothing happening, just standing still, just being in control. Once I get that, then I can start asking for some simple behavior and rewarding the dog for being responsive to me. Once I am consistent there, we decrease our distance a little bit more. Each time you decrease your distance, you need to decrease it very small amounts. Don't try to get a great behavior two houses away and then think you can just walk past. The biggest mistake people make is they try to push their dog too quickly into doing the right behavior. They don't teach the right amount of steps. And sometimes you have to break things down very um, small. Sometimes there's a lot of steps to one behavior. Not all behavior has to be broken down into those steps, but with this behavior, I definitely want to break it down into steps. Now, your dog may have bigger steps or less steps than my dog, or vice versa. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you just have to work a little bit harder to get the good behavior um, in smaller steps before you can decrease your distance to walking past that house with that distraction. 
Now, once I get to that house and I want to walk past that distraction, I'm going to reward my dog for walking past it. I am going to praise and yes, I will treat and I will reward the dog for walking past the house and not paying a lot of attention to it. So you may ask, well, Nikki, what's the difference between doing that versus distracting? Well, when I am going to use rewards, I'm going to reward my dog rapidly as I am walking past this distraction. What I'm not going to do is hold treats in my hand so that my dog can just smell it and then follow that treat in hopes that it's going to get it at any second. That's a distraction. If I'm using a treat to hold in front of my dog's nose and I'm not feeding the treat and then I'm going past the distraction, I'm distracting the dog. Therefore, the dog is not learning anything. You will have to do that every single time to get past that distraction. And that's not real life training. If I'm rewarding the dog and actually giving the kibble or the treats that I'm using, then I am rewarding the dog for the appropriate behavior. So I really recommend that you watch our video on automatic leave it. We work on automatic leave it on leaving things alone on the ground. That might be bread, sticks, uh, dead animal, whatever it is that you want to work on. But it doesn't have to just be an item on the ground. It can simply be a person, a house, a car, another dog. Um, it can be anything that your dog sees as distracting. You will start at a distance and you will reward the dog until you get past the distraction. So let me give you an example that I used uh, many, many years ago with my Rottweiler, uh, Teba. She was an amazing pup, and when I had her as a puppy, I was at Home Depot a lot, okay? Not free advertisement for Home Depot. However, we were there a lot because I was building my facility, so every time I would go, I would take her with me, and she would uh, get loved on and socialized a lot. It got to the point where if I went in there without her, I was in, in trouble by the employees. But what it ended up being is that once she started to look like a Rottweiler, not as many people wanted to pet on her. But when we would walk down an aisle, if there was a person there, she expected attention and she expected to be petted on. If they did not, she would just simply take her little nose and kind of nudge their hand. Well, it was innocent enough, but when someone looks down and it's a Rottweiler, they get a little nervous. So I had to really work with her to teach her that we're no longer in this socialization phase of you get to see everyone. Now we have to learn to walk past people and not kind of stick our nose out to them. So what I would do is I would take an aisle and you can picture the length of an aisle at one of those big stores. I would see someone in the middle of the aisle and I would start walking down that aisle and I would almost immediately start rewarding my dog praising and treating for walking next to me and paying attention to me. And we would do that all the way past the person and I would do it until I got the same distance on the other side of the person as I was when I started it. So let's say that I was rewarding my dog 10 feet from the beginning of the person. So I started rewarding 10 feet. I rewarded all the way past the dog and I rewarded 10 feet past the person. Sometimes this can be a little challenging to explain um, just on a podcast. It's much easier on a video or in person, but I would start doing that. And then once my dog was good at 10 feet, and it only took a couple of times, 
I would go and not start rewarding my dog until we were about eight feet from the person. And I would reward all the way until I was eight feet past the person. We would do that and practice that. Then we would go six feet. And I would reward the dog all the way past the person six feet. Eventually, I got to the point where I did not reward my dog until I got up on the person. And then it immediately, um, then it started to be past the person. So what she would do is she would start looking at me and checking in with me because she was used to seeing somebody and going to be getting rewards. And she would look at me the entire time until we would pass that person. So that's when she would earn the reward is when we passed the person. That's what we got to. And then it got to the point where I was just randomly rewarding her while passing people. Sometimes it was just verbals. Sometimes it was verbals with treats. And eventually it got to the point where we could walk right past people with no problem and she left them alone. Because what I did, instead of distracting her from walking past that person, I taught, it, I taught her how I wanted her to walk past that person. How to walk past any person, every person. I taught her the behavior I wanted instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it and distracting her from that distraction. So that is, a, that is something that you really want to work on is don't distract your dog from distractions. Work on it. Make a point to work on it. And don't just try to work on it when you're trying to have a nice leisurely walk. You need to make a point to work with your dog on these certain behaviors to help them learn so that you can have those nice leisurely walks without worrying about your dog's behavior. And lastly, I want to make sure that you don't get distracted by a distraction. So many times I see owners get distracted by a really pretty dog and then wonder why their dog starts barking and lunging at it. And so the humans get just as distracted as the dog. So not only do you need to make sure that you don't distract your dog from the distraction as a training technique, but you don't need to be distracted from the distraction. You need to focus on the behavior that you want, reward that behavior, and set your dog up to teach that behavior. And sometimes that means starting at a distance and slowly decreasing over time. Now this is very doable. It just takes some work. And I don't mean going out and working for three hours on trying to get past a distraction. You want to keep sessions fairly short, two to three minutes, and then let your dog go relax and have a sniffy walk or something of that, um, and then come back and try it again. If you know you're going to go somewhere where there are a ton of distractions, you're going to overwhelm yourself and overwhelm your dog. So try to limit where you take your dog while you're working on this. Make sure you set yourself up for success as well as set up your dog for success. And only use the distraction method of keeping their eyes focused on you when a distraction goes by as a Band-Aid. That is management. That is in the moment. That's the only thing you can do. That's fine, but Band-Aids only last so long. So I want you to really focus and work on this and go check out the video. It's basically a great video on automatic leave-its, which in turn is going to be the same thing as teaching your dog to walk past distractions, whether it's laying on the ground or whether it's uh, behind a fence, two houses down. So get out and work on that. You can do this. Uh, just check out the website, dogspeak101.com. Be sure you let us know if you have any questions or if you need some help with this. We can certainly help you out uh, and teach you how to teach your dog to not be distracted around distractions. But look at yourself. Find out why your dog is so distracted. Don't blame the dog if the dog is not paying attention to you. 
Remember, we don't ever want to force our dog to work for us, but we do want to make it always worthwhile. Hope you guys have a wonderful week, and I hope to see each and every one of you very soon with you and your dogs. Check out our website and our Facebook page for all the things that are coming up. Stay safe, stay healthy. Have a wonderful week.